Hello, this is Ken Barron with the National Association of Black and White Men Together. Uh, I'm glad you can join us. You might want to subscribe to us. Please like us or comment below. And today we're going to talk about the Browning of America. And I got this from Charles Blow at the New York Times, and he intrigued me by talking about this subject, that is, the shift of our country from mostly white to mostly non-white. Many hold hope for this effect in the fight against white supremacy and oppression. The most recent United States Census officially rec recognized five racial categories. White, Black or African American, Asian American, American Indian, Alaska Native, and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islanders, as well as people of two or more races. The Census Bureau also classified respondents as, quote, Hispanic or Latino, or not Hispanic or Latino, identifying Hispanic and Latino as an ethnicity, not a race, which compromises the largest minority group in the nation. For Charles Blow, white supremacy is the only one face of the problem, the other is anti-blackness. You have to fight both. The concept of anti-blackness pushes back against the ideas that all ethnic minorities have the same lived experiences and can be shoved under a single umbrella. For example, in the United Kingdom, terms like BAME, BAME, which is a euphemism for Black Asian Minority Ethnic, and POC, People of Color, are used while these terms can be useful in some situations, they shouldn't be used in reference to a specific race unnecessarily. For instance, referring to a black woman as a woman of color when you would or could refer to her as black. And that can undermine her specific lived experiences of being black. In too many societies around the globe, where a difference in skin tone exists, the darker people are often assigned a lower caste. And when people migrate to this country from other societies, they can bring these biases with them, underscoring that you don't have to be white to contribute to anti-blackness. The Pew Research Center explored colorism in the Hispanic community and underscored how anti-blackness or anti-darkness is no respecter of race or ethnicity. It is pervasive and portends a future in which the browning of America does not succeed in wiping away its racial prejudice. Thus, Hispanics with darker skins are more likely to experience discrimination than those with lighter skin. About two-thirds of Hispanics with darker skin, actually 64%, report they have experienced discrimination or uh, being treated unfairly, regularly or from time to time, compared with half of those with a lighter skin tone. Those differences in experiences with discrimination hold even after controlling for characteristics such as gender, age, education, and whether they were born in the U.S. or abroad. Intolerance isn't only coming from outside the Hispanic community, but also from within it. It is clear that a majority of U.S. Hispanics, understandably, 
say that too little attention is paid to race and racial issues concerning Hispanics, and that Hispanics say too much attention was paid to issues concerning black people. There really should be more concern for all groups and less of a belief that some are receiving too little or others too much. These issues around how darker-skinned people of all races and ethnicities are perceived and treated must be addressed. This is in part because we are racing towards a future in which the share of minorities who are dark-skinned could well be only a fraction. By 2065, it's projected that not only will Asian Americans outnumber African Americans, but there will also be nearly twice as many Hispanics in the country as black people. So white supremacy could be replaced with light supremacy, a society in which light-skinned people are still advantaged and dark-skinned people are still oppressed, even as the white majority recedes. There have been some encouraging partnerships between black and brown people. Following the murder of George Floyd, another Pew Research survey found that an even higher percentage of Hispanics than black people said that they had participated in protests. In Africa, British Nigerian actress Beverly Nea produced a documentary on Netflix titled Skin. In many parts of Africa, light-skinned women are considered more beautiful and they are likely to succeed in fields like entertainment, marketing, and the tourism industry. Slave masters had a special preference for slaves with lighter skin who were assigned less difficult indoor tasks as opposed to often horrifying outdoor duties. And now media portrayals of dark-skinned people have contributed to colorism. An African dermatologist said that one way that dark-skinned women dodge discrimination is by using skin bleaching or whitening agents. The global market for skin lightening agents will reach 31.2 billion by 2024, with a huge market in Asia, the Middle East, and Africa, according to the global industry analysis. Skin bleaching can have a negative health effect since skin whitening agents have some components that reduce the protective effect of melanin in darker-skinned people and may increase the risk of skin cancer. Let us not forget that these groups have different histories with oppression in this and other countries and different ongoing relationships with it. We must all recognize these differences and confront them in an honest and deliberate way. Colorism and racisms are cousins, and both are bad for a democratic country. So here at the NABWMT, we emphasize the relationships and troubles between black and white people, but let's not forget about other communities and their struggles. Thank you for listening. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us, our email is nabwmt at nabwmt.org, and of course our website is nabwmt.org. Here on Facebook and other platforms, you can like us, you can comment, and please call in to us again and give you a chance to listen more about what the NABWT does. Thank you for listening.